Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Good morning to you. Ten minutes after nine o'clock on News Radio 949 KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin. Great to be here. Thank you for joining me this morning. And uh, we will be taking your calls today. 673-5890 is the phone number. Before we get to the phone line, so let's uh, let's introduce our guest today. Larry Bradley is here with me. And some of you say, Larry Bradley, I know that name. I know that name. He's actually on the radio a couple of times a week now uh, with uh, with his uh, with his company, uh, Neurofeedback Centers of Utah. But we're we're not really here to talk about that today. We're here to talk about uh, what I thought at first was a very uh, complicated topic. But first of all, well, let me say good morning, by the way, Larry. Good, <laughs> good, good morning, Andy. Thanks today. for having me on. Thanks for I coming. Appreciate it. When I, when I first you, you said I want to come on the air and talk about epigenetics, I do. And, and I was like, okay, let me look that up and 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 <laughs> see what that means. Well, I went online and I looked up before I looked at the paperwork you had given me. I looked up epigenetics and. I'll be honest, after about a half an hour of reading up on it, I was like, I'm so confused. This, this is, Isn't it? This is deep stuff, man. Isn't it? Uh, yeah. And, and, and so I thought, okay, here's what I need to do. Put the internet aside. Take the paperwork that you gave me. You had a three or four page report you gave me. Yep. And read that. And it definitely simplified things, made things a lot easier, made me kind of understand. But Larry... Before we get going, maybe you can explain in layman's terms what is epigenetics. Well, the word epi, E-P-I, actually just means outside of. And so if you're listening to what the science is saying, it's saying there are things that are outside that are actually influencing genetic activity. Hmm. That's really important. Okay. But, so, but, but wait a minute. Everyone would say, well, do, genes, no, I get those from my parents, from my ancestry. That's where, that's where genetics come from. And, you're, and, and the, the genes that you were born with... Your genome is not going to is not going to quote change. What changes is how it performs hmm. based upon what is coming from the outside to the inside. And so, folks, in kind of a basic term, we're made of about a hundred trillion cells. Just a few, just a hundred trillion. But this is what a lot of people do not know. On a single cell in your body, you will find no less than 100,000 receptor sites. And on some cells, you will find millions of receptor sites. What's a wow. receptor site? In the cell, in its, in, the, in its design, there are these areas where information can come and dock, in, dock into. That's a receptor site. Mm-hmm. What docks into there is now information. And that information is now going to be absorbed into the cell, and the cell will begin to perform based upon the information that it's receiving. Does okay, that make so sense? Can you give us a, a basic example then of a, of a receptor uh, receiving information? Well, sure. I mean, if, when, when we, you know, nutrition, you know, as we eat food and it's broken down, mm-hmm. um, you know, the phytonutrients, the enzymes, the proteins, whatever, are literally docking into cells and hmm. cells are receiving energy, you know, you know, from these things. This is a thing that's constantly going on. Um, but... Epigenetics was saying that this component called DNA sometimes may suggest things that complicate our life. For example, it could be like um, physical health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Do you know Denley Falk? By by the way, does that name sound familiar? I don't think so. Okay. You ever heard of Sun Warrior? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He owns Sun Warrior. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I had him on my other radio show, and this is just kind of a, a general idea, but 
when his two of his daughters, when they were born, they were twins. It wasn't long before he realized there was something seriously wrong with them, and it took about, I think, about a year and a half for them to finally diagnose his girls with cystic fibrosis. Okay. So cystic fibrosis, its prognosis is usually like what? You know, late teens, maybe early 20s, you've lived a good life, right? Yeah. Well, Denley wasn't going to settle for that, and so Denley began a, a process, by the way, that took years of developing a nutritional um, um input to these girls of his that in time ready the cystic fibrosis actually went away wow now that's very uncommon you know when you think about from the medical world's perspective you go well how do they treat cystic fibrosis well they have breathing treatments and they do this or that you know it's almost like keep them comfortable you know but there's basically no cure that's what they're saying yeah now Though both his daughters are now 40 years old, and one really? has seven children and one has eight children. Are you kidding me? Okay, that's not, that's not heard of. But when they looked at the, the children's, the Grant, Dinley's grandchildren's DNA, there is no cystic fibrosis expressing itself at all in any of the children, which is, is because the girls got their cystic fibrosis changed in their DNA, and so when they had children – they did not pass down the the mutated or the or uh, the cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. now um i will tell you i'll tie this in real quick with um years ago they did a project called mapping the human genome it was a project sure. that was scheduled for about to, to take 15 to 17 years they ended up completing it in about 13 to 14 years it, it was actually completed in 2003 one of the gentlemen that he was the one who spent most of the time overseeing the project his name is dr francis collins and Dr. Francis Collins, that was actually his field of study with cystic fibrosis. This is really interesting. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm tying in Denley Falk, who lives here locally, that Denley realized, you know, there's got to be a way through nutrition to be able to turn this thing around. And he figured it out, okay? Well, um, when Dr. Francis Collins took over, it took him three years to discover where in the DNA – cystic fibrosis actually was and it turned out to be that there's a single gene one one gene that if there's a letter if there's one particular letter missing on this gene you have cystic fibrosis really yes and so when you now look at the genetic uh, mapping of denley's children and grandchildren that gene is has the letter and so somehow the nutrition if you will allowed the dna to if you will, to to perform better or perform optimally or to change simply because of what something outside of began to influence what was going on at the DNA. Now, with that, and I hope we've grabbed everyone's interest, no one is going to understand this conversation unless I do a little background. Okay? Okay. All right. Folks, uh, That going back to that project called the Mapping Human, Human Genome, now you say you know about it, so I'm going to use Andy as my example here. So, Andy, what did they, what did they discover in those 13 years of mapping the human DNA? Like, what did they actually discover? Uh, I know, exactly. That's, that's what everyone yeah, says. I, I don't know. I mean, that, that the human uh, genome is very complex. It that? is. It is very complex. Well, I, I'm going to give you the background. And this is one of those shows where you go, He's making it sound so simple. That's because I really understand this, and that's why I want people to get excited about this. This is What I'm doing today is a public service announcement. It's not an infomercial. I'm trying to let everyone know there's an application to it. We live in, we live in a day and a time where things are getting worse. And, I, and I'm not Harold Hill coming into you know, River City saying – 
get rid of the pool table because it's going to cause lots of problems. We have the problems. Are you not seeing the mass shootings? Are you not seeing the rise in in mental health issues and all that kind of stuff? You ready for this? Do you realize that 31% of men from the ages of 19 to 32 now have ED? Who has ever heard of a number like that in that age, ever? And you're asking the question, why? What's going on? There's a couple of things that are contributing to ED in young men. One of them is they keep drinking water out of plastic bottles. And those plastic bottles, the actual chemical structure of them is female hormones. Hmm. That's one of the things. And they have actually have demonstrated very clearly. Why? Because of epigenetics. We're beginning to realize that whatever we take into our body is going to influence what's going on. But here's the second reason is pornography. These, these, peop, these young men, they get on this and they look and they look and they stimulate and they basically, they are wearing out their cells. And so now the, who at the age of 19 to 32 wants to have ED? Hmm. But now we have this whole Wasatch group in here, right? What are they saying? Hey, come in and uh, through pulsation, you know, we're, you know, we're going to break up plaque and so forth and so on, which is usually one of the biggest causes of ED is that there's not enough blood flow, right? We get that. So, sure. so where does plaque come from? Well, plaque comes from your poor diet, which means your cells are wet. They're absorbing your poor diet. They're, they're sure. absorbing incorrect sure. information. And over a period of time, then you begin to see everything begin to break down. But for between 19 and 32, I'm sure that diet probably – helps out or whatever but mostly young guys quit drinking from plastic bottles get drink from glass bottles and second quit looking at porn i got i got my my that's very metal good. bottle here good. well you keep no, that out by the yeah. way now your metal bottle doesn't actually it's not clear but i'm going to use that as an example let me back up okay in mapping the human genome uh, which began about 1989 1990 i used i was an undergrad student at the time and i'm not kidding and i used to sit in class and every once in a while professors would come in with the latest article published talking about what were they finding in this particular thing and this is what i kept hearing this is very simplified this is what i kept hearing choice is an illusion choice is not real how does that sit with you choice is not real yeah that's what they were saying in these articles that- and this is and now, this, then they went on and they said your life is being driven by what's written in your DNA. So if you hope to have a good life, you better hope you had parents who had really good DNA. Yeah, so very simple. I, I'm not buying that. Okay, I didn't either. But can you understand that for the next three or four years, well, I'm, I kept hearing this. And I finally asked the question, why are they saying this? And so, folks, I'm going to give you just one research project to help you understand why they were actually saying that. Okay. Um, They took a group of mice. Now, folks, if you will, I'm just going to talk about one of the mice to represent the entire research project. They would take this mouse. They would place it on a a platform. On the other side would be a bowl of fruit. They would let go of the mouse. The mouse would smell the fruit and would just start heading toward the fruit. That's what mice do, right? As soon as they would do that, they would shock the mouse. And it didn't take too many shocks before the mouse quit what? Heading toward the fruit. Yeah, so con- Conditioned response. So operant sure. conditioning, we would say, the mouse learned not to move toward the fruit to avoid the pain of the shock. Sure. But we live in a different day now because we can actually map DNA. And so they mapped all the DNA of all these mice that were in this research project, and then they post-mapped them after the research project. On a single gene, the letters had rearranged themselves. It really? was the same gene in all of the mice. The letters rearranged themselves. Now... They then watched the children and the grandchildren of these mice. Now, you know that uh, inheritance means that, you know, you can get blue eyes or brown eyes, you know, kind of thing. And so not every child or 
grandchild of these mice actually had what we call this is what they call an epigenetic marker where something changes because of the environment because the outside influence okay yeah. good not every single one of the uh the children and grandchildren received the epigenetic marker but guess what the ones who did they would put that mouse on a platform with a bowl of fruit on the other side they would let it go and the mouse wouldn't even go toward the fruit and those mice had never been shocked hmm. yeah mm. and that's one i know but that's one of hundreds of research projects now where we now began to understand why why were these epigenetics i'm sorry why were these genetic researchers saying what they were saying in fact i'm not kidding they actually named that it was called the central dogma that was the name of it and what they were saying was this your dna is not in a small way but in a very highly influential way driving what you're experiencing in life that was very important and we now had enough research to begin to understand why they were saying that here was the problem in order to get to the dna they had to remove a band of protein that encapsulates our dna that band of protein are called histones and so their interest was just to map the DNA, so they had to get to the DNA, so they would just remove the protein, right? Sure. Near the end of this project, these, some of these researchers finally asked themselves the question, what in the world is this protein doing that we keep removing? And so they began to focus with their electron microscopes on the band of protein, and they discovered something. The protein was actually providing information to the DNA, hmm. and that the DNA was actually responding based upon the information that it was receiving are you getting that sure okay so now the central dogma you bet you better hope that your parents had good dna right if you're going to live a good life was now a huge question as a matter of fact at the end of the research these same researchers came out and they said oh no choice is real and now we can prove it we, we were wrong okay so that you, <laughs> you you hear the difference here right sure. okay so so this is this is what i want people to know <clears throat> The human DNA is 3.2 billion letters. Now, I'm holding up to Annie, Andy this, this thing that I wrote, which I want every person who's listening to this radio show, if you would like to read my summary of what epigenetics, then we're going to give you my cell phone number. You just text me, and I promise I will email it to you, and you'll be absolutely fascinated by what you're reading because for the first time you might finally realize oh my goodness i'm actually in the driver's seat i can actually do something i know you're looking at the clock well, we, we still got a few minutes before weather so here we go you guys ready this dna is 3.2 billion letters and andy this thing is written with a bunch of letters would you agree this paper i'm, yeah, to you? I'm it, thinking it's 3,000 words which would make it maybe 12,000 letters okay and so if you can actually understand the language here that it's written in you would understand the message would you agree sure guess what our dna is 3.2 billion letters Good. arranged in such a way that it is actually carrying a message and here's the message that it's carrying it's called the message of life what does that mean larry well <laughs> dna Wait, let me ask what does that mean larry do, do, <laughs> <laughs> DNA is the only thing that makes proteins. And you and I are comprised of about 250,000 different types of proteins. And DNA is the very mathematical formula that actually teaches how proteins come into existence. Now, Andy, there are a lot of researchers today who are sitting in labs with Petri dishes, and they keep combining chemicals and enzymes, and they keep doing all this stuff, and they keep looking at the Petri dish, and they're waiting for a protein to emerge out of their chemical composition, okay? And it's not happening. It's not happening, all right? 3.2 billion letters. So let me put this in perspective. The grains of sand 
that are on our deserts and on our seashores on this planet is estimated to be 10 to the 20th power. By the way, that's a that's a huge number. Yes, it is. Okay. The stars in the in our galaxy, 10 to the 22nd power. Hmm. The idea that a single protein would just come forth out of some mixture is 10 to the 130th power. And that's what you heard me and Greg talking about the other day. You just go, well, yeah, then yeah, then there's something that's special a, about that's DNA. That's a lot of zeros, yeah. Right? Now, would you please ask yourself the question, the idea that 3.2 billion letters would actually come together to be able to make 250,000 different types of proteins. Do you know what that, that, that probability is? 10 to the 40,000th power. And so you're now beginning to see something. And this is what they clearly understood. And this was Dr. Collins. Now, remember, Dr. Collins was an atheist when he started the project. He did convert to Christianity in the middle of it, and this is what he knew because he actually made this comment. He said, whoever wrote the DNA code is the greatest mathematician in the universe because he realized it was a message, and the only thing that can actually give a message is a mind. You will never, ever receive a message without there being a mind behind it, and that was kind of the message of life. Here is the second thing they decoded in the DNA, that there were actually biological controls that were actually built in. And those biological controls were our choices. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> There's that word. There it is. That they said w- w- didn't matter. And now, now you're beginning to see something. And so the, what we allow, what we choose to allow ourselves to absorb is going to make all the difference in the world. Did you want? Are you ready to go to break right now? We've we got another minute or two. We have another minute yeah. or two? Okay. So now that you have that as a backdrop, okay, when you look at the cell wall, it's made of a bunch of receptor sites so it's going to receive information now the epigeneticist talked about we are an extension of our environment it is all influencing cellular function and dna expression and how we're living our life all of it but then they said that they came to realize that the most impactful environmental signal the one that influences cellular physiology more than anything else are our own thoughts. Mm. Should we should we in should we end there and go to your yeah, break? Yeah, let's 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 take a minute for that to soak in. Okay. Our own thoughts, our, are our own biggest thoughts, our mindsets. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, I'm with Larry Bradley. We've got uh, Seth on the hold. We'll get to Seth in just a minute as well. But we do need to step aside for a weather break. It's eight twenty nine on News Radio ninety four nine eight ninety KDXU. Welcome back to the program. Andy Griffin with you live. The Andy Griffin Show every day from 9 to 10 a.m. Followed by the Rush Limbaugh Show. Lots of good stuff on the air here on News Radio 94.9, 890 KDXU. We're talking today with Larry Bradley, and the, the topic is epigenetics. Now, uh, you know, Larry, I've been a big believer my whole life in that mood uh, and attitude influence a lot. Sure. Uh, and they do, you know, I feel like if you, I mean, it's really up to you. If you go into an activity and, and you go into the activity, oh, this is going to suck. I, I hate it. I don't even want to be here. You're not going to have a good experience. Whereas if you go into the very same activity with the attitude of, you know what, this is fun. I'm going to enjoy myself. It's not going to last very long. We'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll just do it. it. It can change your entire experience. But the, the things you're talking about. Uh, attitude, mood, attitude, signals from your brain can actually change your, atti- your cells. Your attitude, you're actually programming your cells to develop an attitude. Can I just change the word to believe? Believe. Here's okay. the, here is the bottom line that epigeneticists said about this mindset of ours, about our thoughts and how, how we continue to evaluate our ongoing experience. It actually will form as belief and be stored as memory 
in cells. Mm. But this type of memory that it gets stored in is what is called implicit memory. Implicit memory is the type that's only formed through repetition. I wanted to let everyone know, please be hmm. very grateful for this design. It's an incredible design. So an example of implicitly stored memory would be walking. If you, We don't really think about walking. You don't walking. think about walking. When you, Again, well, I do, actually, because I have this, this problem with my leg. But most people don't, don't. have to think we about don't. it. We don't. So I'm going to be honest with you. about The epigenetics are saying about 90% plus of everything we do as humans is being driven by implicitly stored memory, hmm. whatever, whatever that is. Now, sure. what... You need to understand what memory you, you is. You moving your hands when you're talking. Yeah. yeah. Memory is learning stored long-term. Does that kind of make sense? Sure. So here's learning. Learning is association. I can remember sitting in a class called Learning and Memory, and I remember having a very strong impression, Larry, you're to pay attention to this class. I didn't know. I didn't understand then why. But later in the epigeneticist said that this incoming information, if it's done at a repetitive level, we stored as learning and memory, and then the light bulb went on. I went, oh, learning. Learning is association. That's the only way we as humans learn. That's the only way. And so if I were to say to you, hey, here's your simplest definition of learning. It's when two brain cells actually connect to each other. Two brain cells, that's an association, right? Sure. And so our mindset actually influences uh, the development and, the, and ma- maintaining neural pathways. But that shouldn't be too hard to understand because guess what walking looks like in your brain? It looks like a bunch of neural neurons connected to each sure. other. And you don't have to think about and it because they're just firing because they're connected. Because yeah. you have learned that thing so well, it's just sitting there now on automatic drive. And our beliefs, by the way, largely are formed in our early, early years. We begin to characteristically see ourselves based upon those early years. Unfortunately, okay, you ever heard of the argument nature versus nurture? Sure, that's okay. a big one in psychology. Okay. Yep. What I'm trying to have people understand is I'm not talking about nature versus nurture. I'm talking about how does nature and nurture combine in such a way that has me believe because this is what I'm trying to help you understand. If your parent had an unhealthy belief about themselves, that is literally stored in their DNA. It's encoded Mm -hmm. in their DNA. Hmm. And that is a belief that you can actually inherit yourself simply because it was passed on genetically. And so there are some people who are – who are born to just see themselves as a victims, not because of any net per se experience they've had, but simply because it was already there, the programmed DNA, inside of them. The DNA is a molecule that literally has energy coming off of it. It's a blueprint. And I used to work in the construction trades. I've worked with a lot of blueprints. There were so many times we'd be working with a blueprint. We go, oh, yeah, this isn't going to work, <laughs> right? And so we would call the architect, and we would what? We would work out an idea, and we would what? We would redraw the blueprint. Your DNA is a blueprint of information. Every geneticist will actually tell you that. But the question is: is can you rewrite it? And the right. answer is How? yes through the what? Through my environment. Does yeah. that kind of make sense? Sure. Please understand: nature and nurture have combined to get you to believe anything. That's really, really important. But what you believe is going to keep driving your ongoing experience. So, it will have you see life in a certain way. It will have you make choices in a certain way. It actually influences those moods that you were talking about. So, listen, we live in a day and time where everyone is so hyper-focused on emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay? L- let me draw a diagram for you. I open up the cupboards underneath my kitchen sink, and I smell mold. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? I'm going to pull everything out and wipe it all down, hit it with the bleach solution, and go, okay, that's better, and put it all back. I've just cleaned up the mold, right? Theoretically. Three days later, 
I open up the cupboards, and what do I see again? It's back. And what can I, I can pull everything out, clean it all up, hit it with the bleach solution, go, okay, now it's better. Do you, do you see how much time and resources we can actually spend to trying to keep cleaning up the mold? Mm-hmm. But you, mm-hmm. you and I both know one thing. If we would just get to the leaky, the source. The leaky pipe, yep. I don't even have to worry about the mold. Your emotions are the mold. Those negative emotions are just mold. The source is what you've come to believe about yourself. And that belief is stored in every cell. It's encoded on DNA. It's wired in your brain, and it's implicit memory. And you're sitting there going, why do I keep? It's because there's a belief that's sitting there that you haven't discovered yet. And it is literally, if you will, coded how you're going through life. So we live in a day where we where coding is a huge new area where people are coding, 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 right? Sure. Guess what, folks? You're coding your cells. Coding Our yourself. cells are programmable. So, so you know, and I don't want to interrupt you as you're explaining all this, but the, the question keeps popping into my head then. All right, Larry, you're telling me that I am in, in control and I can code myself. How do I do that? You have to understand this level of existence. This universe is filled with matter. Unorganized in a lot of places, most places, and organized in other places. What's this universe filled with? Let me hear you. Matter. Matter. You are largely made of carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, and nitrogen. That DNA is made of what? Matter. It is made of matter. Are you hearing that? So my son, who is, he he has a degree in physics. So he graduated with a degree in physics with a minor in astronomy, a minor in mathematics, and a minor in computer science. And while he was at BYU, he actually discovered a black hole. So in the, in the archives, his name appears of, I've discovered this black hole, and he watched it and calculated it for a couple of years. He was predicting what planets would disappear, so forth and so on. I'm giving you a little bit of background. About seven weeks ago, he comes through St. George, and I go, hey, Joel, this universe is filled with matter unorganized. And he goes, it is, Dad. Help me understand what gets matter to organize. And his was, this was his answer. He said energy. Energy influences the organization of matter. And then he paused. You ready? And we have now discovered that our mind is part of the entire field of energy that fills this universe. And it, too, is actually organizing matter within our body. Hmm. So pull that bottle of water out again. Okay. You, right. you got it there? Yep. Folks, I want you to picture a, a bottle of water, and he's, show, he's showing it to me here. Now, you have to pretend that this is clear, and you can actually see the water. So you ready? Okay. What are you looking at? Go ahead and say water. Water through the... the just, just say yeah, water. Okay, water. Andy, how do you know you're actually looking at water? There, there, here becomes the great question to have you begin to understand what I'm talking about. How do you know you're even looking at water? Because I... Past experience. I put it in there. And that's the answer. Everyone actually says, I have looked at so much water, I actually know when I'm looking at water. And Mm -hmm. that's not the answer. Here's the answer. You know you're actually looking at water because every time two atoms of hydrogen combined with one oxygen atom is called H2O, you're looking at water. And guess what? You're not looking at anything else because water has its own atomic signature. Are you hearing that? And so... Now, that hydrogen, by the way, is the one element of matter we find the most of in the universe anyway. But you realize it can also organize with nitrogen. And if it does so correctly, we're going to get ammonia. It can, it can organize with carbon. And if it does so correctly, we're going to get methane gas, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're beginning to see everything is made of what? Energy. Matter. Matter. But I'm glad you said energy. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm glad you said energy because 
Einstein, in adding to our understanding of this whole thing, he said, matter and energy are so highly entangled, you can't consider them separate things, which is the reason why is, why do we drink water? Because there's energy in it. Does that kind of make sense? That makes sense. And does yeah. that energy at all influence better better cellular health? The answer is yes, yes. it does. Okay. So this is what I'm trying to help you understand. How matter comes together and how it organizes is how we perceive it. That's water. That's methane gas. Right? Are you hearing this? Like we go, oh, so how matter organizes is how we perceive things. So, folks, if you perceive yourself as a person who's a victim or a person who doesn't matter or a person who um, no one will ever like, if your, per, if your perception of yourself is negatively skewed, I'm trying to help you understand something. It's because your mindset over a very long period of time, giving your cells incorrect information, organized matter in your cells and encoded upon your DNA that has you see yourself that way. Hmm. That's the whole point. And that's what this article or this thing that I put together was trying to have us understand. Um, our mindset actually wires our brain. So today, Andy, you will have more electrical signals, signals go through your brain than, there, than all the telephones in the world combined today. Wow. That's a lot of energy. That's a lot. Millions. And a vast portion of that energy is the implicit beliefs, the thoughts. They're constantly going on. That's my, that's my whole point. And so as people get up and they experience something, they, they keep putting it through the same belief. They kind of form these templates of life, right? Does that kind of make sense? Sure. Uh, I, always, I always look at the story of Cain and Abel. I always go, what was Cain's problem? Like, what was his deal? If you really pay attention to the story, you realize he formed a belief that his brother Abel in the family was preferred. Was more, yeah. Right? Was more preferred, yeah. You know how, many times, you know how that happens? It happens in so many families. You know your mom's favorite. Yeah. Do you see that? Sure. But they don't understand how that belief then is beginning to shape so many incorrect information within them. Because if my brother is preferred before me, well, then what do I begin to believe about myself? No, I'm not very good. There you go. Yeah. And that belief is driving everything. Do, do, do you want me to explain these mass shootings? Uh, uh, here it is. That, it's what the person believes about themselves is actually driving that. Pretty much just name anything. People do. It's really pretty much because of what they believe about themselves. And that belief is not just some ethereal mass of a uh, you know, floating idea. It is literally matter organized <laughs> within the cells. And we have the power to actually organize matter through energy, and it's called the energy of the mind. The mind can actually transform all this. Are you telling me we have to take a break? Yeah, let's take let's take a break. Okay. Uh, step aside. Seth's still on the whole on hold. We appreciate him hey, hanging Seth. on. And, Hang uh, in there. We'll, we'll get we'll get to him, and we also want to give out Larry's uh, phone number so that you can get a copy of his uh, paper. It's fascinating stuff, folks. Uh, the the fact that you can shape how and what and who you are simply by believing it. Andy Griffin Show brought to you by Joe Shoney. Joe Shoney is a local loan consultant specializing in customer service. Incredible reviews online. He's out of five stars. He gets a 4.9. You really can't do a whole lot better than that. Uh, let's read a couple of those reviews. This is Michael in from California. He said, Joe called us back on Saturday evening and got the process started. He was super responsive to our request and to all our questions. Joe and his team made the whole process painless. I like that. 
Uh, let's see. Let's go down to this is uh, Sue in Newcastle. She said the Sonys are there when you need them 24-7. Every question gets an answer. They are the friendliest lenders I know. They are professional and knowledgeable. How do you get a hold of Joe? The phone number is 435-590-6300. That's 590-6300. Or you can email Joe, joe.shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y, at nafinc.com. Welcome back to the Andy Griffin Show. My guest today is Larry Bradley, and Larry Bradley and I are talking about epigenetics. Larry, Seth has been so patient. Let's give Seth a minute or two uh, on the air. Seth, how are you this morning? Uh, I have uh, defective matter in my body. Uh, my defective matter is frozen light. Is what? Say that again. Is what? Frozen light. Frozen light. I don't know what that is, Seth. Uh, you go out in the sun, and if it hits a plant, it converts it into matter. And I eat plants uh, sometimes, and uh, all of my matter is must come from the sun, and I must be made out of light. Well, we actually we actually are made from the stars, from the dust of the universe. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Seth, what you're saying is absolutely true, and so. Part of the environment is we have this beautiful sun that actually supplies energy, um, which allows us to be able to have food and so forth and so on. So, yes, we literally are taking stored energy or light from the sun because it's, it's stored within the, within the animal and plant life that we eat. I totally agree. Do you have a, do you, do you have a question? Because I want to finish and letting everyone know because I want to bring this to a close and let people be able to have the opportunity to either ask questions or get a hold of me to send this information to them. I've just discovered by reading a book by Dr. Gundry about the longevity paradox, and uh, I have removed lectins from my life uh, from the plants, the uh, nightshade family, and I've, I've observed an incredible response yeah. in health and, and wellness. And, uh, and so Seth is seeing it. Seth is actually seeing what epigenetics is bringing to us. Epigenetics is having us understand that our cells are, listen, this is so important, our cells already know who they are, and they actually know what they need. And when we provide them information that goes against either one of those, we begin to deteriorate, period, Okay. Our cells know who they are. Listen, we're at a point now where we actually know every cell is intelligent and has consciousness and awareness. The future of medicine will be based in understanding a cell's intelligence because cells are the only thing that know how to heal. That's very important. A doctor does not do the healing. The cell does the healing. And basically what we supply the cell gives it the opportunity then to do what it knows how to do. Does that kind of make sense? If disease... If metabolic issues like adrenal exhaustion, if these things are already existing, it's largely because of one thing, an unhealthy mindset that's stored at an implicit level, and they've actually now demonstrated. Here's the reason why. That unhealthy mindset continually turns on the fight-and-flight system. The fight-and-flight system is a beautiful design within us, but the only thing that turns it on is a perception of harm or threat. That's right. very important. Okay? Right. So now you begin to ask yourself the question, why does my unhealthy mindset then turn on the fight-and-flight system? There's your answer. Your cells already know who you are. And so when you provide them information like I'm incapable or I'm worthless or I'm this or I'm that. I can't do it. Yeah. Your, cells, your, your cells aren't that. They already know that. And so they perceive those negative thoughts 
as harm or threat. So what turns on? The fight and flight system. So adrenaline begins to increase. Do you want to know why you have adrenal exhaustion? Because you've been turning on your fight and flight system way too long. And so your adrenal glands are going, I can't do it anymore. And so the unhealthy mindset is actually influencing these chemicals within our body. And by the way, these chemicals like cortisol and adrenaline and neuroepinephrine, they serve a purpose, but when they're found in your bloodstream at elevated levels for a period of time, this is what actually leads to inflammation. And guess what the precursor to every disease is? Inflammation. There you go. And mm-hmm. now you're beginning to understand. So does DNA know how to make proteins you don't want? Absolutely. Why does it start making those proteins you don't want? Is because of your mindset, which sets a whole thing into operation. And so it's about changing the mindset. So let me just do this here real fast. The human genome may suggest less than desired outcomes, but does not have to determine human outcomes. It is our response to our environment that actually determines the expression of our genes. When we respond to our environment with negative patterns of self-defeating thoughts, we begin to program ourselves to believe things about ourselves that are not real. Our beliefs are organized as matter. Beliefs are largely formed through the repeated messages we tell ourselves. Therefore, our beliefs influence cellular performance and can alter our biology. In understanding this truth, then it should begin having us recognize that we have the power through our mind to heal ourselves, increase our positive feelings as we come to observe ourselves correctly. And seeing ourselves accurately leads to the emotional states we desire. Every aspect of our lives can be improved with the right perspective and the intentional way we maintain that perspective because the intention is the mind. And the mind is the energy. And if it's intentional and making sure we see things correctly, guess what? Our our cells respond in a very good way. With that, folks, let me give you a phone number. Um, This number I just want you to text because... It's my cell phone number, and I sit with people all day long, and so I'll get back to you. If you would like a copy of, of this summary article on epigenetics, I would love to send it to you. So here's my number, 435-773-8480, 435-773-8480. Just text me if you want the summary article on this. What I'm saying, here's your application. If you are, if you are discouraged because of health issues that you're having, physical health issues, or you begin to realize you've been living with depression or anxiety or these other emotions you can't stand anymore, right? Either way, it doesn't matter. This is the information that will begin to have you realize you're actually in the driver's seat because one of the messages they decoded in the DNA were the biological controls that were actually built in that could actually change DNA performance and cell, mm. cell, cell performance, and that is our choices. So 435-773-8480. If you'd like a copy of the article, just text me, and I'll be happy to get it to you. Okay? Now. now let, let me ask you. There, there's a text already. Good yeah, job. Good. Uh, let me ask you. I told you at the beginning of the show, and I don't know if I said it on here, but I, I, I was a little bit skeptical mm-hmm. about this topic. <laughs> uh, I was not skeptical in that attitudes and beliefs shape. Yeah, the phone's going crazy. Attitudes and beliefs do shape. Uh, our 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 health and our mindset and and and, I, and but my question is you, now you talked about some of these negative things that happen to ourselves and we, let's talk about some of the big ones like cancer for okay. instance or heart disease okay. um, these things happen to people all the time do you know that, I do you that, know I, do you know I have a client that had heart disease and sure he, and he went through and I taught him how to do all this stuff correctly and guess what did he fix it heart disease gone. Well, he was on 13 medicines. But why did he get it in the first place? Why does anybody get it in the first place? You, you're pointing to your mind, but I, I, I don't have a preconceived notion that I'm going to get cancer. I don't believe no, no, I'm no, going to get cancer, no, but I what if I get it no, anyway? No, no, no. It's not, it's not your preconceived 
notion that you're going to get cancer. It is what you be, believe about yourself. Negative beliefs. Okay. Okay. So as we as we go through life, we are constantly evaluating that life through our thoughts. Does that make sense? Sure. And so, and we all have self doubt. We all do. Unless you see yourself accurately, then you don't. You actually live life from a place of faith and love, and not fear and doubt. Fear and doubt is being driven by literal. Fear and doubt is an emotion. It's being driven by a false belief that you're hanging on to yourself. That false belief is stored implicitly. And this is the whole point. Every person, if I were to say, hey, do you ever find yourself talking to yourself negatively? Every single person will go, yeah, you know, I do notice that once in a while. They go, what, every once in a while? And they say this? Oh, no, it's more than once in a while. Hmm. It is so constant. It is so automatic. It is so procedural that it, it, that's what it becomes. It just becomes this pattern. I just keep doing the same thing. I keep, right, and I, I keep having the same experience. It's because of that implicitly stored memory of what you believe about yourself. Here is how belief is actually formed. It's formed through association. So the thoughts that we say to our, the thoughts that we say, in relationship to an event that's going on, if that thought is negatively directed toward ourself, okay, we begin to associate it. So let's just say a person says, I'm not good enough, right? Let's say that's their thought. Well, the association is what does that thought mean to them? And it may be, I'm never going to be acceptable to my parents. Are you, are you hearing that? Sure. Okay. Now, I have to draw this into mind because no one can see me, but in the studio, I've got my fingers up, and I'm showing to Andy, my fingers are neurons, ready? Okay. The thought is an electrical chemical uh, charge going down a neuron. Does that make sense? And this neuron is carrying this information. You got that? Right. I begin to learn when I begin to associate. So what does it mean to me? I'll never be acceptable to my parents. Are you hearing that? All right. Are you ready for this? What's, I got another finger coming up connecting to those first two fingers. This is the emotion. How does a person feel when they constantly are disappointing their parents and they can never seem to be good enough for their parents? What's the emotion? Sad, disappointment. Good. Yeah. Now, what's the behavior? Here's another finger. It's a neuron. I'm connecting it to that, and that's the behavior. What does the person do over and over and over again? They beat themselves up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> are you hearing this? How many times have they actually done that through their life experience? And if they've already formed an idea that I'm not good enough because of the, in this case, the home environment, do you not think that is now playing out in the school environment? One of their, one of their peers makes fun of them. But the peer has no poor intention, right? But the template or the belief is already so well formed that the only way to perceive that teasing is what? I'm not reality. Yeah, I'm not I'm, good I'm, enough. I don't think I'm good enough. Yeah. And what I'm trying to help you understand is, I am not kidding you. You are literally organizing matter seriously within your body that is forming in such a way that there's energy coming off of it, having you see yourself that way. How matter organizes is how we perceive what something is. Are you? I hope this is a completely different level of having you understand your existence. But that is the absolute truth. This entire universe is filled with matter, and it can be organized in so many different ways. And it's energy that influences organization of matter, and your mind is part of the quantum field of energy that has always existed. You have always existed. Your mind is filled with the knowledge of eternity. I'm just quoting, I'm quoting secular quantum theorists, right? And so... 
you, the energy of your mind, how you perceive things is literally shaping and organizing matter and how your cells are performing. That's all I'm trying to say. And we, 10 years ago, we did not know this. This is what I'm trying to help you understand. We live in an, in an incredible time, and we actually have the power to put ourselves in the driver's seat and get rid of these things, just like Dinley did with his kids with that cystic fibrosis. We have incredible power to change our physiology. We're out of time. One more time Perfect. on the phone number, 10 seconds. Four three five seven seven three. Eight four eight zero seven seven three eight four eight zero. If you want a copy of this article, epigenetics is the field. He's Larry Bradley. I'm Andy Griffin. Thanks for listening.